0: So start looking in the right place with LinkedIn. You can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Facing a six seed poss- possibly in the second round,
1: it's a joke. It, it is a joke. joke. Um, Brooks, they did you wrong.
2: They a hundred percent did. It was a it was a complete travesty. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, Memphis women's soccer deserve better than
1: that. LSU eight seven and four. Mm hmm. And it's one of those games you could easily lose. Oh, I mean, it's but, it's you uh, know again you beat SMU two one in the final like you could have lost that one. Yeah, you um, know you could all these one o's. I think I, I, in fairness to in leave. fairness
2: to Memphis, I think they were up two o. They gave they up were they were. were, but
1: yeah, I mean, but they had to fight back in the first round, sh- yes, quarterfinal yes. against I believe it was UAB. Yes. So look, I you know it's it's you can lose is the point in soccer. I uh, you I can be upset. It's I know easier.
2: I know Brooks is too classy to to you know. Well, he said
1: he 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 said as much to your point. He did it in a classiest way possible. Yeah. But he acknowledged they got. It was a total screw job. Got, yeah,
2: yeah. It was. It was. A, it was a, and because it's because it's women's soccer, is, you know you're not going to see like all these, you know, uh, articles about it and stuff. But uh, there is no doubt in my mind this is definitely one of the more egregious treatments by a governing body that Memphis has ever had to deal with because their resume was certainly better than I mean like objectively just miles better, you know, than what they got. Um, and I think that's a
1: that's a damn shame. Uh, 7 p.m., track and soccer complex on that Park Avenue campus. Memphis women's soccer, number six seed, taking on LSU in a first-round NCAA tournament matchup. Got to pack it out. Pack it out? For these women. Pack it out? Yeah, and enraged by hey, the fact that there are six. Uh, well, I, was I don't even them. know how much that plays seats, but I want yeah, it full. I don't know either. I want it full. Well, I was I'm gone willing, yesterday. i willing to do my part.
2: Did you, uh, did you give any credit to the Raiders or no? Antonio Pierce. The heck, would I've done that for? They got they got their first win of the season under Antonio Pierce. Only, he started this season would, one and no. The
1: Only reason I would have credited to him because it messes up you on it, six and a half. It is what but it I is. Don't, there. I don't want to laugh in your face. It man. is what it is. I want to laugh in your face. I mean, I'm fine with that. I mean, that's like a loss in a regular season. You would have been disappointed. This well, is a win. Well, it disappoints you, so you flip it.
2: I didn't. I wouldn't have faded this team if they had a coach that was not Josh McDaniels. I mean, that was the whole thing. And I, if I'd have known that he was going to lose the job four games into the season or six games into the season, whatever it was, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have made that bet because I like anybody that literally would take that job. You know, besides him, there would be a you know, it's like one of those movies where you know, you, you're like the house is like gray and haunted, and, and then uh, something happens, and then the sun comes out again, and everybody's happy. It's like Josh McDaniels was the albatross of this franchise. You remove him. Everybody's happy. They're wrestling in the locker room. They're smoking cigars. They're feeling good. I don't know what's going to happen the rest of the way. That seemed a little much for uh, one win against the
1: damn lowly Giants. Again, why cigars? Because it's Tony o Pierce's team essentially with the Giants. That indeed yeah. is that. Why we held the I, win I, up I, in such? Yeah, Jason. Because I, th- I, I thought that was a little far too.
2: It was, and I, I and I just think generally speaking. Uh, they, I mean, were they just, lost
1: Daniel Jones. I mean, you know, you yeah. Part of that game,
2: I just you think they the were. Injury. I think they were just really like weighed down by the whole well, thing that, with, that I'll give with Josh. And I, I think they understand. were just they they're happy for a former player in Antonio Pierce. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like yeah. getting some success. And I, again, I don't know what he is or is not about. It's hard to know. I mean, we'll find
1: out. Well, He's got like the he Jets some, coming in this week. Looked like he didn't do Herm Edwards, a whole you know. Great job over at Arizona State. Not no, like he's some stud there, but you just
2: can't hold that against him
1: forever. Well, can I'm you? just saying. Are we saying he's excelled to get to this point? If we're no, just, I don't think if so. If we're at trying all. to sum him up and what his. You know, they, they, yeah. whether or no, not he can do it's, this it's job, his history is part of it.
2: Exactly right. So we'll find out. He's got, a, you know, eight games to do that. But, that um, coaching
1: change always
2: gives you a little juice early. One week. You get a high for a week, and then what? Have, you know, exactly. Does, the, does it so, subside so, and you stink the rest of the way? So I
1: would tell you don't really sweat your six and a half either. Yeah, no, I mean, it ain't time to sweat. No, exactly
2: right. We're at mean, four? We're at four right now, yeah. and this, we haven't even played the Chiefs once yet. So. You know, there's still a lot of uh, L's on this schedule. Don't get me wrong. Like the Jets this weekend who are coming off of a loss and their defense. Well, they looked
1: awful offensively.
2: Uh, awful. Th- then you have the Dolphins on the road. You have the Chiefs, the Vikings, the Chargers, the Chiefs again at Colts. Like this ain't going to be easy to get to seven. You know, I know everybody's feeling good, but uh, it ain't going to be easy. So, anyway, uh, we'll get into that. Uh, Seth Hennigan status, potentially maybe a little bit of a tip-off. Oh, good. We've As got to more. whether or not he will play on Saturday. Get into that when we come back. Jason and John, howdy, turn FM, ESPN. Everybody can't do that, bro. Everybody can't be the one that slides on the stage smooth and puts his thumbs to his chest and says, why is everybody always picking on me? That was not a play. Bro, it was a production. You told
1: us you were in a play as Charlie Brown. It was a play in my opinion. This is a song. St. Michael's Line. It was to a you. song that we turned into a play. You're gonna play the part of Charlie Brown. Yes.
2: I was the dude that they that when that line hit, I came from the back. I ran out, and I slid on the stage in my jeans, and I said, why is everybody
1: always picking the old beat? I just want to thank Ahmad Ali, loyal listener, for pointing this out. <laughs> that John Martin was lied to as a child, told he was in a play Bro. and playing the lead role of Charlie Brown. Okay, what, He's actually just the it was on the state, and you said the line. And there was some reciting good, of that line. Good job. So what would you call it? What would you have called the whole thing? Y'all did a song.
2: For who? That who wasn't are we no, doing a song? That wasn't no play. No, it was a, it was a, a, a rendition that was intended as Charlie. a performance. I was Charlie, bro. I mean, at the end of the day, you cannot erase me as Charlie Brown. That's who I was. That was what
1: I did. Man, I'm glad that he, he pointed out to you that you were lied to by grown-ups. Okay, so. As a, young, as a, as a, as a second grader there. And so, again, you're going to have – it might take you some time to deal with that. But you were not – playing the lead role of Charlie Brown that,
2: in the play. Well, I will say that because I don't remember I anything I asked you why you had no other lines. Besides and that. And now you see that's a very important question. But but who was I, if not Charlie Brown? You were the coasters. No, I didn't even know who that was, and nobody else did either. So, you know. You were just performing I, okay, part but, of a song. Okay, I had the most important role, okay. though.
1: Yeah, I think you're going to have to the, move. I don't know if you can, but you're going to have to move on to the rundown. The, the Ahmad,
2: slide was, was the biggest. Ali- Everybody wanted that one. Everybody wanted to be the dude that slid into the scene and did that joint. And that was my role, bro. So, I mean, y'all can try to, uh, you know, erase my history, all y'all want. But that happened. It's like the NCAA trying to come back and vacate the wins. You can do whatever you want to do. You can call whatever you want to call it. We're taking that banner down. That, at wasn't, the, no, that wasn't no play. At the that end wasn't of, no production. At the end of the day. I remember it, and I'll remember it for the rest of my life. So you can call it coasters. You can call it uh, play. You can call it whatever the hell you want. I was proud of that performance, damn it. (laughs) I was proud of that thing. Every day around this time, we do the rundown. Let's go. It's the rundown with the biggest stories of the day from Jason and John on 92.9 FM ESPN. First story. You mentioned it. Memphis is taking on Charlotte uh, this weekend. Saturday at 1 o'clock, the last game. Before the all important SMU matchup in Memphis, uh, and the question, of course, is uh, to the availability of quarterback Seth Hinnegan, who went out late in that game uh, last week against uh, against USF. Yes, in uh, in a in a, a uh, low scoring college basketball game that turned out to be right. I was a good old Virginia game. Well, it
1: was the explosiveness that Ryan Silverfield promised you.
2: Yes, it was.
1: He now, I don't know about the defense, right? He, he, but he told you he was going to get you some points this season.
2: I, I, he, I think he promised explosiveness by both explosiveness. offenses in every game. Yeah. Every game, both offenses. are going to know we were going to get it on both sides. Right.
1: Yes. One thing. They I, damn near scored on every possession. Oh, for sure. There, I mean, well, there was it a, felt like.
2: And, and there's 109 points.
1: But I, some kind of way, we still getting off the field on third down. Hey. Because
2: we give up the big play. One thing that I can promise you guys as fans. This is, I'm, I'm ryan silverfield every single week we're gonna have an ex, ex, an explosive offense and every single week so are they you know i mean that's just the beauty of <laughs> it
1: i mean winning. that is where we this defense has taken 10 steps
2: back it is what it is but you know what it's once again dude it's the it's the it's good enough it's you, you got the symptoms of silverfield baby you don't know how you did it but you found a way to win you found a way to hold on. Let's just get back to the opportunity we've
1: talked about. Because don't
2: lie, then you y'all got were some... feeling like they were going to lose again. They were down forty-two thirty-eight or whatever it was, and y'all thought, oh, here we go again. They're going to lose just like I think they Girl, were down
1: first half against UAB. Damn near, obviously. Yeah. Say, What's going on out here? Yeah. Is it what
2: to 20 so, half? So the key is to just hit Memphis money line live if they ever go down because they're always oh. they're going to just win. I mean, it's against the bad teams, right? They're going to yeah. win. against They're going to the the finish
1: against the bad team, hundred percent. And so. Um, can't be the Miami Dolphins of the AAC though. Mm. Got to win the big ones. The the, the got to win the big ones. That was a very uh, derogatory shot there at the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I'm afraid I've had to, you know, come to grips with the fact that my Super Bowl pick cannot beat the big teams, and right now is more pretender than yeah. contender. If if it's if I got to change and it's you're right, I will adjust. Well, and unfortunately, my, they're not showing me much. I want to re- play want- more time to, for that defense to get better. But I want to revisit this discussion. How great was
2: that KC defense against them? I want to revisit this one. because away I, the big play. Because I actually, I, I, I'm going to give you potentially some hope on that on that front. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put that on the back burner. Okay. We'll put that on the back burner. Okay. In terms of this week, is Seth Hennigan going to play? It looks like no. Uh, the reason I say that is because this number has come down from 12. It's now sitting at 10. Um, that is a pretty big move. Uh, and one that I typically would associate with, you know, right now I would say it's sort of in the, um, it's probably a 60-40 move to Seth Hennigan not playing. I think if he does not play, this number will go down probably to seven and a half, eight, uh, maybe a tick more. But this is very much a holding pattern number. Some people are expecting Seth Hennigan to not play. If it is Tevin Carter, he did throw a touchdown. If it is Tevin Carter, um, how much of a downgrade is that in your opinion, or is it just too little of a sample size to really
1: be able to answer that question? Oh, it's a downgrade just off experience alone. And the fact that this is a, while it's still just Charlotte, this is a must-win game for Memphis to set up the opportunity that you've got against SMU. Because, again, you drop this one, you're you're out of it. So it's as important a game as you've had all season long. Now, I like what I saw from Tevin Carter in terms of coming in that game, throws the 85-yard touchdown to Rock. But I I told Brad this yesterday, you know, this is where you want Seth Hennigan in these games where there is no margin for error. And as much as I like what I saw from Tevin, and he showed an ability to be, again, you got to call on him in a pinch. Okay, he's got that handled. You're talking about a whole game, whole game plan, a defense that's probably going to throw something at you that you haven't seen all year, because again, you got a young quarterback in there now. So, you know, because I would, you're going to stun it up, you're going to twist it up, throw everything at him. And yeah. And because, again, I don't, I don't care that Charlotte's, what, three and six. They have one, I think it's two of their last three. Um, it's the fact that you're going to something new under center for an offense that's absolutely rolling right now. That's, that's what scares me. It, it's a must-win spot because you had to win these four to get to eight and two and have the big spot set up for you against SMU. I mean, that's the one that could very likely determine who Tulane's playing in the AAC championship game. Yep. You don't get that opportunity. It doesn't matter if you don't win this one. So I got, I'd be honest with you. I mean, yes, I was hoping that sooner than later meant that Seth Hennigan was going to be able to go this week against Charlotte, even if it was a partially diminished Seth Hennigan. And I think the Tigers got to seriously seriously it. I mean, even if he's 80 to 85%, we're yep. talking about non-throwing shoulder. Yep. You're probably talking about a pain tolerance thing. Then I would feel safer Particularly with where this Memphis offense is right now, with Seth out there, and again, I'm the guy that all I've wanted to see Tevin Carter. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but think about this spot you would be putting it's, him it's, in it's, it's, it's on the road, it's a lot to ask in a must win game for your program. I mean,
2: again, like he really didn't that's have to tough. do all that much, uh, you know, against uh, you know. fourth
1: quarter. He's in there, yes. and again,
2: that's it's. I mean, one the thing. touchdown was just more about. It was more about. I mean, he was rock. rock. It was rock just making a, a play,
1: and well, and that's good that you yes. got playmakers. Yes. Again, I don't know what we don't know the status of Blake Watson, who was also listed as day to day yesterday. It'd be interested to see if you got him. I feel better, as I told Brad yesterday, about the running back situation. In fact, you could throw in a Brandon Thomas, who's running the ball real well right now, uh, especially between the tackles, and feel okay about your run game still. It's, you know, switching up quarterbacks at this point, seven and two, you're on a bit of a roll, of guess, against the bad teams. You know, something new under center. Uh, would be a, a, a big concern for – for four quarters would be a big concern for Right, him. right. Although no. Tevin has shown uh, – tip
2: the cap to him. Yes. In the time that he's gotten, yes. he's looked capable. But it's just hard to know exactly how that would be extrapolated. Well, you got to get the whole game whole, plan yeah, exactly for right. him, you know? Yeah, so, look, it could work out. It could not. Who knows? Uh, but I agree with you. There, there are situations that are, uh, I think, advantageous, you know, and I think there are ones that are disadvantageous. And I think – So it's the line movement. Uh, Ryan
1: hasn't added anything Correct. to it. It's yes. the line movement yes. that – that you, that, I, that you I I, saw
2: I, that I, I, I don't think there's anything just sort of on the surface here that would force a move like that, a two-point move towards Charlotte. Like, Charlotte's bad. They're a bad team. Um, and so, you know, with Seth Hinnigan, I think there might actually be interest in that number, um, you know, at 12 for Memphis. Um, and now that you start, you, there's uncertainty. Do you agree with me that even if
1: it's a diminished Seth, that you got to roll with him. To, yeah, with I mean, if he can, he's play. not throwing interceptions anymore. Exactly. Yeah, you mean, know, he's, he's, he's he cleaned it up.
2: He's, yeah, because of the, the volatility that comes with starting a you know redshirt fresher on the
1: road his first start. I mean that's a lot in a, a must fun. win game.
2: Yeah, I mean I like Tevin, you know from you know, and I hope that there's a way to you know sort of keep him in the I mean, fold. I but, would
1: certainly have him ready, have him you know brushed up on game plan. But if Seth if Seth can go, mm-hmm. you know, and he's telling me he can play, and it's a pain tolerance thing, he's out there. If I'm Ryan Silverfield, and and I've got a plan. For Tevin, yep. should I need to go to it? You know, Seth gets himself in trouble or something. Absolutely, some pain. Uh, I've got I've got Tevin ready to go. No question about the that. Way you got to approach
2: that. No question about that. So, anyway, look, we'll see if it, if, if it drops from ten. That means Seth Hagen ain't playing. Uh playing. Right now, it's obviously, uh, you know, sometimes like there's just you know the the line will sort of come in towards more of a middle. You know, like right now with the Bears three and a half, I would say is like sort of the same thing. It's expecting Justin Fields to play. Mostly, if he is ruled in, that number will go to four, four and a half. It'll, you know, just like if Seth Hinnigan is ruled in, that number will go back to ten and a half, eleven and a half. If he's ruled out, it'll go to, you know, I think it could, I think, go as low as seven because you're dealing with a, a freshman here. So I pointed
1: out that you've, uh, you've had this one circled for a couple of weeks as the possible trap game, just in the sense that yep. But how can how could you be overlooking when you've got a health situation with your quarterback? No, you can't. Kind of hard to overlook yeah. this one now. Yeah. At SMU, yeah. you're going to be, you know, high alert uh, because of your quarterback situation. There is no, no doubt about it. About his uh,
2: so, anyway, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, certainly some uncertainty there with the
1: quarterback position for Memphis as they get ready to take on Charlotte. Next story. Uh, Memphis men's basketball played its first game of the season last night. We've, uh, we've discussed a, a ton of a lot of this in the first hour, so we'll go through it real quick. 94-77 over Jackson State. Tiger shot 51% from the floor. Uh, led for most of the game. John's right, it was a little ugly early. Most of that was the turnovers. So uh, Memphis turned the ball over 10 times in the first 11 minutes. It's probably the most important number of the night, to be frank with you, because they finished with 16. That means over well, the final 29 minutes, they cleaned it up. Initially, you're wondering, is this what it's going to be? Uh, much like we talked about, You know, th- there have been some Memphis teams that have been just pathetic in terms of taking care of the ball. Um, Don't need to put that on any players. We just know that for a couple of years there was very characteristic of this program. Last year they cleaned it up, Yep. and that was just being in the 190s in terms of rank and turnover percentage. This Memphis team needs to be somewhere around there and not in the 350s as we've seen. And I think with Javon Quinley, who did have, what, three turnovers yesterday? might have been three or four. Uh, No, David Jones had five of those turnovers. I think for the most part you can expect a guy like Javon Quinley is going to take – Pretty good care of the ball. I don't know if you'll be quite as good as last year just because you've got so many new pieces. All that said, man, look at the pieces. You know, Jaquan Walton starts that game trying to dunk over one of the Jackson State guys from, I don't know, it felt like it's from the free throw line, about halfway down the lane. And you see he's not just a guy that can fill it up. He's athletic. He gets the basket. We've seen him rebound all through the preseason. Last night, it's Caleb Mills leading you in rebounding with seven. David Jones, after an initial sloppy start. We mentioned he had five of those ten turnovers. Uh, really showed you that he can fill it up. He's shown you that all preseason. Uh, they've just got bodies on top of bodies, and oddly enough, got enough last night where they're starting Jordan and Malcolm Dandridge. Very surprisingly, be interesting to see how long they stick with that. Um, was that a reward for a great preseasons? You know, great uh, uh, practice. You know, efforts by those guys, or is that something that Memphis is going to stick with? Just have a hard time seeing Jordan Brown. Um, you know, who's one of the best players in the country last year. Clearly, what would you get? Top group of five player? What was that the Lou Henson Award? Yes. Just have a hard time seeing him coming off the bench. Maybe, again, that's a thing for Jackson State. You don't want to show Missouri as much. Whatever it is, uh, for the most part, just about every guy they put out there uh, showed that, you know, for the time that they gave them, they can come through. Again, you know, are we going to see an Ashton Hardaway against Missouri? Do things tighten up there? Mm-hmm. Probably so where you'll have less of a freshman presence uh, as you get into some of these bigger games. But, you know, first time out, you did. You didn't cover, but you need. To, you, you got done what you needed to do. And particularly, as I said, I think one of the key questions about this team—they've shown they can shoot. Um, they've shown they can uh, 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 get to the basket. They've got a, a rim presence in Jordan Brown. It's going to be about taking care of the ball uh, for this team, especially at the pace that they're playing. I think at, you know it's one game, but now you've had a bunch of college basketball teams play, and Memphis is first in uh, adjusted tempo. Yeah, is that true?
2: I mean, it's one game, but. Oh, that's got to be, that can't, yeah.
1: It's, it, that's just a Ken Palm number off one game. We can't take anything from that. Yeah. Not yet. I mean, let's, like, let's give them like a handful. They're not going to be the fastest team in the country. Right. I don't think. Right. Yeah, it's. Because uh... Jordan Brown doesn't play like that, dude.
2: It's, 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 you, you, he's a plotting guy that you're going to have to
1: feed in the boat. If you want to keep him active, yes. things have to slow down a little bit. So, I don't know if they'll be one of the you know, highest-paced teams in the country for the entire season, but they can score, and I think there's reason to believe with all these bodies, all that length, there's, uh, there's a chance you get back to the pressing ways uh, you had two or three years ago when you were top five for a couple of consecutive years, one in five in, in defensive efficiency. So I think this team's got a good chance to be a lot better defensively than, than last year. Next story. All
2: right, around the world of college basketball last night, a couple of uh, interesting results as most of the top teams were in action. Uh, The big result and the most notable result was that Michigan State, number four in the country, went down to James Madison at the crib, uh, 79 76 in overtime. James Madison was a 16 and a half point underdog, Jason. So this was a significant upset, even though James Madison and the Dukes um, were picked to win their league. I was actually hosting Field of 68 after dark last night. We got a chance to catch up with the coach, whose name is Mark Byington. I I was not familiar with him, never knew him, you know, but I, I found him to be very interesting, said he had promised himself before the season that he was not going to drink, but that this outcome was going to really test his resolve. Oh wow. Uh, because of just how I mean that's a huge win for that program and they got paid 100 grand basically to go in there and do it. How about that? So for him it's a huge win for that program, you know, it's it's, it's putting you on the map um, and you know for your resume obviously. I mean you're going to have to win your league still, but it puts you in a great position. You should by far and away. I think that they, it's their first league and a brand new con- their first year in a brand new conference the CAA. Um so they definitely should be the favorites in that, and they are the favorites, uh, and so I expect them to win it. In terms of, uh, you know, Michigan State, because this is a number four team in the country, right? This yeah. is a top five team. They have a a, a freaking dog in Tyson Walker, who was amazing last night. Uh, he had 35 uh, on twelve to twenty six. but, dude, they shot one of 20 from three in the year 2023, like, 5%. And – like I know that's the way Michigan State just kind of is. Like When you think about Michigan State teams, you don't think about shooting. You think about toughness. You think about rebounding. You think about like, you know, strong guard play. And you know they just you know win sixty eight to sixty four type of games. But uh, I'm I'm really low on this team. Uh, I, I downgrade them. There's no question about it uh, because they they don't have anybody that can knock down that open shot. And so when you're dealing with a top five team, can they win a championship? I would say for Michigan State's sake, they cannot. They cannot win a championship because they cannot shoot threes. I mean, it's just that simple. Uh, Duke did the damn thing last night, didn't have Mark Mitchell, uh, but they still handled Dartmouth last night. I think they won by 40 or something like that, put up 94. Kyle Filipowski looked totally healthy. It was 92 to 54. Uh, Filipowski had 25 and 7 in in 27 minutes. He's going to be an All-American type guy. Uh, And then Purdue, who is certainly America's least favorite team, uh, 98 to 45 over Samford. It's one of those things where – I do, I I do agree with this for for with a lot of people. You know, last night was the opening night for college bas- basketball, and there was no buzz about it. There was no hype about it. Purdue was like really one of the only teams that was on television. I mean, Michigan State was as well, but like the 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 big one was Kansas State and USC, and that was on TNT. And while that's fine, you know, I get the idea. You were hoping to have Bronny as part of that, and I yeah. think if Bronny had played, it would have been a completely different like. People would have been watching that, right? People would have been watching if Bronny was suiting up for for USC, but he didn't. And so I think the problem for college basketball is they just box themselves in, and I get it, you know, maybe there's just nothing they can put on that would compete with with Monday Night Football. I mean, it happened to be a brutal game last night, so I do think people would have been happy to watch a great college basketball game instead of that. But I do think it's probably incumbent upon the people and decision makers here like let's get back to the to the days of a central uh, mutually agreed upon opener this event kicks off the year every single year there's you know two teams or four teams or whatever you know and we obviously we have maui and we have all these unofficial things that you know sort of mark the beginning of you know thanksgiving and all that yeah. feast week but i think this sport absolutely needs a centrally located uh, isolated event that absolutely represent. you don't have all the, it's like a standalone. You don't have all these, you know, Rat Team, Air Force in Portland. Like, there's there's one night where it's four teams and we're kicking off the college basketball season. Why don't we have that? You know, it's not college football. You can play college football on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It don't matter. Yeah. It, and, p- and people will watch, you know. College basketball is not that product. You know, they have, A, college football is not, College football starts before the NFL, so they can start their season with bad matchups like Alabama playing South Florida, for example, early in the year. They always play those FCS teams week one, week zero, whatever. And it doesn't matter because there's what else we're going to watch. We're going to watch baseball? No. You know, NFL is still in preseason by that point. So college football's got it all to self, and they're not really worried about juicing up those those matchups. College basketball's got a lot to compete with. So to me, I got to get all the people involved. I got to say, listen, I'm not going to name any names. But y'all know who you are, the coaches who have respected programs year in and year out and don't have to worry about building up to something Mm -hmm. that have ready-made teams. Duke, Kansas, you know, we know who the teams are. But every year there should be four teams to me. and This is the kickoff to the college basketball season. It's going to be on ESPN, you know, and every single year that's going to be it. We don't have that right now, and I think as a result of that, people just aren't interested.
1: Uh, It would help. I, just, I think the answer to your problem is, uh, the answer to college basketball problem is pushing the season back. I think that I, would I've, help, too. I've long thought that. Yep. We just, to use a phrase from uh, uh, our man Jeffrey Wright, we're just in football brain um, all the way at least to Thanksgiving. And it's sort of Maui and the battle for Atlantis that can bring us out of it, but it really doesn't. Why? Because let's be real, too. Much like with the NBA, we don't care about the regular season. I mean that's just the case, and I don't know an event like John's talking about. Does that jacket back up if it's if it's the best teams in the country? Yeah, absolutely, it does. It can, but it's that transition. And so why not push it back and take over more of April? I, I've never understood this at a time where there's less to compete with. You could be taking over in a way um, that you're not now an entire month of April. All it would require is just pushing the season back a couple of weeks. You're still a winter sport for 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 you know for for what you are. I mean you're still. Uh, in, classified as a winter sport. You could push this thing back. Yep. And again, we've talked about it. Nobody cares about the NBA before Christmas Day. This is just where we're at. We're in football mode. We're a football country. You will always be competing, John, even with that big event, against the NFL right now, uh, against the NBA, all of that. So that's never going to change. Yep. What can change is what you own, and you can own more of April if you push the season back a couple of weeks. I think that ultimately we've, I've always wondered – yeah, you know, why you got to start this early? It's so hard to drum up excitement for college basketball here. It, it, you know, at the start of November, it just—I mean, it—it's it, just tough. And so, again, I tell you, college basketball's biggest thing is it starts too early. I don't know if any one big tournament all of a sudden wakes us up and now we're locked in. Right. You know, in November, I just think that's the—that's the fight they face starting this early. With so much going on,
2: I absolutely agree, and, and and maybe there is there is just you know nothing you can do about it if you're going to start the season so early. Maybe that's just the facts of it, but um, I, I still do think it's a problem that does deserve to be addressed uh, in some way, whatever that may uh, whatever that may look like. But first night of college basketball is in the books, uh, and there were some fireworks. From Michigan State, top five team, going down at home.
0: Next story.
1: Uh, you mentioned him, and so I thought I'd a uh, little bit of a follow-up on this. The Athletic had a story. LeBron James talked about it yesterday. Bronny. Uh, we've talked about that USC backcourt and one that expected at one point to have Bronny James. It's part of the reason why uh, they were on what TNT last night. Said Monday that things are going in the right direction uh, as Bronny tries to come back from that cardiac arrest uh, uh, that happened on July 24th. Uh, Lakers superstar speaking to the media reading for the Athletic story after. Their 108-107 loss to the Miami Heat said Bronny has a big moment at the end of this month to determine how he can move forward in hopes of returning to play for number 21 ranked USC this season again in a backcourt that includes our man uh, Boogie. If Bronny is medically cleared, it won't be long before he's able to get back out on the floor with his teammates and everything else. And you know, um, you know, at one time LeBron's son um, by ESPN, Jonathan Convoni and others uh, was mocked as a lottery pick. Um, we talked about since this incident set that to the side let's just hope he can be have a, have a full healthy life the rest of the way and we can ask the basketball question later sounds like he's obviously uh, convinced enough that he's close i don't know what kind of test this sounds like it's going to be at the end of the month but it does feel like an extremely dangerous situation i know we you know usc had the same situation and yes. right? so infield's been through this i just you know the it, it scares me to death to be honest with you um, I know we've seen these situations before and the players come back from them but um i i just i just think about it as a father and ultimately I know that what I would probably fall back on is if my son is at his happiest when he's out there despite the risks or whatever else I guess I would ultimately you know pray about it and want to trust in that but um you know forget being a draft pick and whether or not his you know his father's ever going to get a chance to play with him. Uh, you know, just being out there running up and down the floor again after you've had a scare like that, uh, you know, seeing your seeing your son out there. Yep. I, I don't know how you would watch the game without being breathless. Almost um, interested to see because I, I I had come to the conclusion that you know if Bronny came back it'd be late season that kind of thing. Sounds like he may be very well close. I pray that everything goes uh, that that the kid's healthy and that he can get back to the court, make a full recovery, uh, and do the thing that he loves most. Obviously, but any we we know too that any. NBA franchise right even with you know obviously hoping for the best you're going to do the medicals on Bronny, and I and and I just I wonder if that's ever you know if he can recuperate what get back what he recoup what he had right in terms of that top 10 status or top 50 what lottery pick status can you even get that back or will these will these NBA teams hold that against him absolutely in a way that you say well we don't want to invest first round money in you because we don't right you know we don't know how you'll hold up health wise so um, interested to see how all this plays out I'm glad for the James family that steps have you know positive obviously steps have been taken in a positive direction to even be considering a return this soon uh and I just hope it does yeah I hope it goes well for i him.
2: I think it will definitely impact you know Bron and whatever you know his sort of uh you know his longevity because if if you know I know he's optimistic right now we all are we all hope sort of hope that that, that this young man gets to play this game and gets to see where it takes him um but if for whatever reason you know he has to step away you know if for whatever reason he can't do it then i would expect lebron to you know i mean it, that's what he's been waiting on so if you if you win you know if you if you go through this year and you know bronny can't for whatever reason play and you know you don't, whether you do or don't win a championship you know it's probably all the more reason to to say you know goodbye yeah so you know, I feel like if if Bronny, you know, does is able to get back on the court, then I think LeBron will probably stay in the league for at least, what, one year? One more year, hoping that Bronny can declare and play well. But in the end, Bronny has to. But he to, doesn't control that
1: either. Like, right. Oh, that like, like, go. like, like, yeah. Like, he's not going to trade himself. If, if
2: Bronny doesn't get back on the court
1: and, and not only get on the court, but like play well and show that he can do but, that, then he's not going to get drafted. Well, the fact is that when he had moved up into the lottery, he had made it tougher for to play with his dad. That's true. They so can, what I'm saying? if if yeah. you're just a back of the end first round pick, the Lakers second, could sign Lakers him. Lakers could just bring it, you on in, which they'll do. But but they'll do. The fact that you would moved up to lottery status, man that, man, that is, is less a, likely you'd play with that. Is you that don't legal though, that. bro?
2: Like the nepotism it, there. If this kid goes like undrafted and he stinks, and then he gets signed to the Lakers, like, but he doesn't stink. The kid I know, but had, like, the kid had
1: earned it, man. That's the that's the thing about it
2: but, but let's say, let's just say he plays he earned his shot, and he and he you know averages three points a game, but then he goes undrafted and he gets signed by the Lakers like that. Like, is that legal?
1: I don't know the way yours. I'm so you he essentially tanked is what you're saying.
2: Yeah, like he was he like he didn't he didn't play well. Oh, your buddy tried. He tried to play well, but well, he. Didn't. I
1: thought I thought this was an inside job. You were suggesting where you come out, you try to be bad. No, so I'm, that you I'm so saying that you're, to I'm hurt saying your, you're saying he gives it all. And he I'm stinks. saying Bronny. He doesn't get back.
2: Yeah, I'm saying, Bronny, I'm saying yeah that like he just and, but but he still gets signed as an undrafted free agent to the Lakers organization. To well, the, I mean that's the way to do it. But is that legal? Yeah, it's
1: legal. It's legal. Yeah. Man,
2: nobody else gets signed if they average two points a game but the damn
1: Lakers. What are you talking about? It's his kid, dude. You'll give him a two-way or anything at that point. He'll it, be on a two-way. I guarantee. What, are we up to three two-ways now? Averaging, what if I he, guarantee you'll be on the if, team. What if he averages? That's the easy way to do it. Then LeBron doesn't have to leave or what try What if he to, averages
2: 0.8 points a game still? still.
1: Bro, he going to be on there then. It's a
2: guarantee. That makes it easier. Do you have a problem with that? Because he's taking somebody's roster spot that actually did deserve it based on their – Well, Bron, pr-
1: Bron brought them a bubble title. Right. He's earned it.
2: I mean, I guess that would be the – you know, he is LeBron James. AD
1: wouldn't have done it by himself. The most influential player of this generation if he wants to sign somebody. I mean, if, if Mike had wanted to bring little Marcus or what, who, whichever one of them, little Jeffrey, whichever one of the, the right. two sons. Right. Wasn't Marcus the cold one? I always the
2: relative there was like yeah the there one was, at UCF was yeah the Jeffrey was, was the one at Illinois right, right. yes yeah. the one
1: with the goggles was the best one yeah the Mark. one that had that's Marion Larsa Pippin. but he wasn't good in is that true yeah he wants his dad to be his best, best man that man is crazy and you think he'll do
2: it you think Mike will be his best man Larsa't Lost put some, in the
1: sauce. She put some blood in his food. Yeah, something's going on over there. Some voodoo. But uh,
2: but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, clearly you're just willing to let whoever do whatever, you know, in the for the
1: name, the the love of the game, huh? I, I, what I would do, you can be LeBron James' son and sit out for a year. There, you're going to get opportunities to come back.
2: You're going to get signed. So I, would, you're I would gonna just get, make sure you're I'm gonna good get before get signed I, with the Lakers. No matter I what.
1: I this career, that. Again, could be put on hold and what because of the all the health concerns. What if
2: LeBron says you have to give my son a, uh, the
1: whole year off? You know, I, I think full
2: guarantees and uh, when his when he's eligible, give him a lifetime uh, a, a full max.
1: You no, got to do it. No, we're not doing that. Okay, I'm just trying Sorry, to figure LeBron. out where the line you can, is. You can roll, LeBron. I'm genie. You can roll now.
2: Right at that point, they'd say, "But we'll give you the chance to get on the court with your son in an NBA arena."
1: Right? I'll tell you who do it. Mark Davis would do it. I don't know. That was yes, old Mark. Yes, he would. I just, I, I hope uh, he got four more years on Josh McDaniels' contract. He got pay out, bro. Yep. And
2: I, and I hope y'all, uh, I hope y'all kept that same energy because all I ever heard was that he was cash poor. He was cash poor. Now, he ca- is cash poor, bro. Cash poor people don't pay, uh, twenty five million dollars to people to sit on the
1: couch. Man, that man owes the mafia and everybody else out there. Oh no, he Vegas. owns the mafia. Oh, I guarantee that That man is cash poor. Now he's coming up with this cash It's crazy. Oh, you're questioning how he's and getting it. And willing to pay extra years of dudes you fired.
2: Yeah, I would pay that extra. I would pay extra years if he would go away. There's no doubt. Please, I I really need Mark, it. Mark, but be careful. Yeah, I think they're gonna end up giving the pay job all to loans uh, back. Antonio Pierce. Is my guess. That's you know. That'd be a bad way to go. Because that's what everybody says. Everybody's saying Can't that just now. Just face it
1: off one game,
2: dude. He's he was he was driving just down the street. Prove that you're the right guy, dude. He was driving down the street in his six That's what. He, that's how he got the job, man. That's what he told Mark Davis in the interview. I'm sorry. That's what Antonio Pierce told Mark Davis when he got the
1: news that he was being. No, when he was it.
2: interviewing, bro, he said, "What makes you qualify to be the Raiders head this coach?" This is a lie. He said, "I was driving down the street in my, my six and then he finished the lyric. Mark's like, "Yeah, that's a lie." Did you wear a Raider hat when you were growing up in Compton? I did. Hired? Did you so, have a starter Jack right. hired? I'm dead. I'm half serious. Like I honestly believe. Like, like just hearing the way Antonio Pierce talked about it. That's how they operate, bro. That's how the Davis family operates. Like it's it's either in your blood or it's not. Okay. And uh when you grow up in Compton, I assume that it was genuine. He didn't he never played for the Raiders, but I assume it was genuine, you know what I mean? Growing up on it, they, when they were the with the LA Raiders and everything. I mean, I get that vibe from him. He sounds like a Raider, you know, he just does. Like so, I mean, I, that's why I think he'll ultimately get the gig. But uh hey, I want to um I want to uh, lift your mood about the Miami Dolphins as well. We'll have that discussion. and Not as bad as you think it was. Really? Yeah, not as bad as you. And and, and they have been guilty. They have been guilty of stepping up and not doing doing the job. But I actually came away from that with a completely different opinion. And we'll get into that a little bit later. Trista Crick will join
0: us at 125. Stick around. Jason and John. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Turn FM, ESPN. Mom, Memphis Group
0: at the Real
2: Estate Agency is here to help you. They know all about COVID forbearance, those programs that were offered during COVID that are no longer being offered. Unfortunately, all good things must come to an end, and if that is you, if you were somebody that had that mortgage payment reduced or uh, temporarily suspended, whatever the case may be, and now you're struggling with the adjustment, it happens. It's real. They can help you. They can maybe find you into a situation, help get you into a situation that's more friendly
1: to your monthly budget. But you have to reach out. Sold at LiveLoveMemphis.com. Or you can make that call, 901-625-5200. Her name is Jennifer Karstensen. She's got a great team, and they'll lay out all the options for you. Best one might be selling at home. Take advantage of the equity you've built. Whatever the best one is for you, though, uh, they'll make sure to show you. Uh, they'll have all the options. Give them a call today again, 901 625 5,200. Jennifer, the best in the biz. Give her a chance to show you. As John said, you can email them at soldatlivelovememphis.com. It is the Live Love Memphis and Live Love DeSoto teams at the real estate agents.
2: It's not a great uh, week, uh, not a great slate of NFL uh, this week. Of course, our our man Adam Turnoff is going to join us uh, this, uh, this Wednesday. He will join us. Decent week for him last week. Uh, not his best week ever, but uh, a couple of winners there uh last week who did he have I gotta I gotta I gotta uh, consult because uh, I, I, I'm I'm, a, I'm somebody that believes in tracking my brother I'm somebody that believes in absolute transparency so he had I know he had the uh he had the bengals minus one and a half ultimately uh the over should have gotten home it did not amazingly I don't know yeah. how it didn't but it, it did not get home uh he had the chiefs and he had the uh Patriots uh so I think that's two and one Two and one for him, which is a great week in the NFL because it's a what? Winning week. That's a winning week, man. Yep. I mean, good God.
1: What else do you want?
2: What else can you ask for? Um, you I want to talk to you about the uh, Dolphins because I I was on the Chiefs even you know and you sort of knew that even before we we talked to Adam, and I would I felt very fortunate, I felt incredibly fortunate, if not lucky to win that game, and I would tell you that even though Miami to this point has not beaten a you know contending type team. Nope. They're going to. It's coming. Tua on that last drive airmailed some game-winning throws. Is he gonna do that every game? I don't think so. But let's let's just sort of break down Spagnola. Let's let's just break down what the, the Miami Dolphins did to the Kansas City Chiefs for just a second. I know they lost the game 21-14. But the Kansas City Chiefs did not score in the second half. And they only scored two offensive touchdowns. Uh the 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 last touchdown, of course, as we know, was that egregious, you know, fumble. Was it even a catch from Tyreek Hill that was returned for a touchdown right before half? That was a fluke. That was that was a play that Tyreek Hill and the Miami Dolphins have not made all season long. They don't make mistakes like that. That not at that moment in the game. So, Jason, what if I just said, let's play the averages here. Let's just do that. Let's just play the averages, which is everything else happens, but the scoop and score for the Kansas City Chiefs defense doesn't. Well, that takes away a very key touchdown here. Yeah. And instead of Miami driving to tie the game in the final minute, they are driving to kick a game-winning field goal, which they were in range of doing and would have done Thus, winning this game, 17-14. Now, that's an alternate universe. That's not what happened because the Tyreek Hill fumble did occur and the scuba score did occur. But Miami, in my opinion, outplayed Kansas City at least offensively, and I thought their defense did a great job. Uh, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, in the second half. I mean, the first there was a couple of drives where they, you know, they let them kind of have their way. Other than that, and you know, I'm, I'm as high on the Chiefs as anybody, mm. but I thought the I thought the Dolphins make them look very mortal. Uh, in the second half to where they didn't even want to uh, run the ball on a third and one, on a key third and one. So I would tell you this. If you like the Miami Dolphins, and honestly, like I'm looking at their schedule, homie, they got the Raiders, they got the Jets, they got the Commanders, they got the Titans, they got the Jets again. They're going to run it up on all them, John.
1: Yes. It's when you get to the playoffs or another contending team that, for whatever reason, Tua has not performed well against those teams. His three lowest QBRs of the year against KC, Philadelphia, and Buffalo. The three big games on the schedule so far. He has not played well. Yep. His lowest completion percentage was against KC. Yep. The KC defense was the MVP of that game, John, yep. to your point. Yep. That offense, they they like Mahomes said, he, he says they're going to get it figured out. Them receivers are a mess. Um, They are a mess right now offensively compared to what were the usual standard from them. The defense was the... Was the was the MVP? Yes. And the the the, the fact that again you you held to under two hundred yards, you took away the big play. Spagnola put together a hell of a plan. Um, super impressive, I thought. Again, I can't I can't I I, I heard a list of your whole case. I just I, I take much less positive out of what I saw from Miami just because this has been characteristic of them against the good teams. Tua does not play well. I don't know if it's the plan, the defensive game plan, taking away that big play like KC did, or what what it is. But yeah. Some the better teams are on to him at at least so far.
2: Yeah, I mean look, uh two really bad losses at Bills at Eagles. Uh, you know, Bills is a divisional game. Who's winning in Philly? Nobody's won in Philly. I mean, that's just, you know, um uh, that's just that's that's the breaks. Um and, and look, that was a bad one. But you you have those throughout the course of the season. My, I, I who's the, who's, the, who's the next big team on? This, it's the Bills. It? It's the uh, it's they'll get the, the Cowboys Bills at home. Oh, get the Cowboys. Eve. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna tell you this right now. Well, they need to win that one. I'm considering right now. I am considering a Super Bowl wager future on the Dolphins.
1: Just because I'm in doubt
2: now. No, 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 no. No, not Guess because you you're are. in doubt. Not because you're in doubt. But because not. I thought they that that was a game that the Dolphins should have actually won. They didn't because of a freak touchdown. From from the fumble That's from Tyreek Hill. But other than that, which again, that you, does not happen so in the They DFL. Should
1: have won it from a defensive standpoint. They were good enough to win it defensively. Their defense played well Them They didn't put enough points. I I know that plus it was in Germany, like it's a little freakish, like
2: who knows? You know what I mean? Like if that game was in Miami, it was a standard travel week. I, you know, I just don't know. I don't, you know, it's hard to but I think there's actually some value because I do think what they do offensively
1: is just genius. I mean, the looks they get. I'm at the exact other side of this saying, okay, it works against the scrubs looks to me like folks got the big teams got Mike McDaniel figured out. Like all those cool press conferences and the big numbers against the scrubs, that's all fun and dandy and it looks real dominant to a point you got old smooth here picking you for a Super Bowl. We got to see you do it in the big games. Yeah, I mean, look, hey, that's 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 what we hold all yeah. high, you know, high-level coaches to your ability in the big games, the playoffs and everything else and right now I'm seeing a lot of like we talked about a lot, you know, a lot of fireworks. You know, a lot of, a lot of, not not enough substance. I mean, against look, the big squad. Let's just take yeah.
2: the numbers of this game.
1: We'll see what happens against Dallas. More
2: yardage than the Chiefs. More passing yards than the Chiefs. More rushing yards. That's about how the bad Chiefs.
1: the Chiefs' offense is right now.
2: Five yards per play. Uh, to to the Chiefs, four point eight. They they had more time of possession you know i mean the, the the they had fewer
1: penalties and only managed 14 points on that more time of possession
2: look i'm just i'm just telling you that that was a game and again i was on the chiefs so i'm very i feel very i feel like i did not deserve to win that bet and i feel like the chiefs did not deserve to win that game and i'm just saying that in the next 8 games i think there is a real chance that the miami dolphins are going to um break away here a little bit, and I think on December 24th against the Dallas Cowboys, they're going to show you, and I don't even know if you consider the Cowboys a step up in competition it anymore. It is. That's one of the better and better ones. But they're going to handle the Cowboys. The way Dak they're going to absolutely handle they the Cowboys. They outgained
1: Philly in that, in that loss. Yeah, so like... I mean, Dallas is still a, is a contender in an that NFC was, that has much, much fewer contenders. That
2: was the first game of the season where Miami had both Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard on the field at the same time. You know, that's a key thing here. You're getting you're getting healthier. The DBs are getting healthier, and they're a damn good unit when they are uh, on that field. So, look, I, they can run the ball with Mostert. They've done that all year. I think uh, their scheme is just brilliant stuff, and I, and I do think they will ha- be able to make a run. Maybe it's not a Super Bowl. Maybe that's not what ends up happening for them. But I think there's a lot more uh, than what they've shown thus far, and I think that as they get healthier as the year goes on defensively, they're going to ultimately prove, you know, Baltimore is a game they've got this year in the regular season. That'd be a huge one. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I just think that in terms of the value, in terms of, you know, I mean, Tua was in the MVP conversation for this game. You're, you can get Miami at plus 1,200 over at Caesars right now, and you could shop that around. And I'm sure you could find a better number. But, um, yeah, like, I, I think there's some value there
1: is all I'm saying. Uh, my takeaway was that the Chiefs' des- defense deserved a respect burger they won the Chiefs that game. Yep. And the scary thing is, this defense is the second best in the NFL in terms of points allowed. They're winning games now because of defense. I never worry about the Kansas City offense because of Patrick Mahomes. Right. He's sort of like Aaron Rodgers. Eventually, those receivers, the no name receivers, are going to catch those balls, and he's still got Kelsey. They've also got Andy Reid. So I never worry about KC getting it figured out offensively. What's scary about them, this is my take. My take was more on the KC side, mm-hmm. is that you've got this defense operating at such a high level. They get that offense just up to, you know, just just average. Right. Uh, uh, but for their standards, oh, man, all of a sudden, this is looking like, the, you know, the, the best team possibly in football. That That's what's scary to me about this Chiefs team is that they're this good defensively right now. Offense gonna come around, cause mm-hmm. it always does under Andy Reid. So I, I appreciate the case you made. Thank you so much for my, you know, <laughs> for me to be more optimistic about Miami. But I just, I come away from that game not thinking, okay, I can get more out of Miami. They'll be fine. That my gosh, when Casey gets its offense in gear, right? This defense, it's gonna, it's gonna give up sixteen points a game. Yep. Mahomes can win any game. Yep. With a defense that's only allowing sixteen points per game, only the Ravens have been better. So that, that's I'm stunned by how how good a defensive effort that was against yes a high powered Mike McDaniel offense. Yeah. That's what I that was my take.
2: Yeah. Uh but we shall we shall see. That's the beauty of the NFL. It's a week to week league and and uh you know things change on a dime. There is no doubt about that. Uh okay, we'll come back. Trista Crick's gonna join us at 125. We'll talk all things NBA with her NFL And more. Jason and John, FM. ESPN.
0: Evan, Canty, and Michelle. Weekday mornings from 5 a.m. till 9 a.m. Unfiltered, unapologetic, and sometimes out of bounds. Unsportsmanlike.
3: Mornings on 92.9 FM, ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?